Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had the home improvement series going where Murray and Jenny and Jeremy all spoke and um, each brought a message of things that we can do to align ourselves with the, the idea that God has for our lives, to align ourselves with his plan. Jenny spoke about God being our foundation and as God is our example in all things, that we should think as God is love, how can we bring godly character into our lives by walking in the ways of love just as Christ did? Then Jeremy reminded us to submit to each other in reverence to Christ. He did say to think before submitting, not just go yes because someone said so, not to compromise on our moral issues, and to obey God above all. And then last week, Murray and Jenny together spoke about God being our living hope and that God's grace is sufficient and that he is there when we need him. Now today I want to talk about a practical thing that we can do to help bring our lives more into alignment with God's plan. A practical thing that we can do in love for each other, practical ways in which we can submit to each other and help carry each other's burdens, and practical ways that can help us usher in the love of God and the hope of God into the lives around us. Today, I'm going to focus on prayer because I seriously cannot think of any better way to show someone that you love them, that you will submit to them and carry their burdens, and no better way to show and usher in God's hope, his living hope for us. No better way than to pray for them. Prayer is the single most powerful tool that we as Christians have. It is the most powerful relationship builder between us and God. And I'll explain this. Prayer is a communication device between us and God. If you get married or you get a new girlfriend or boyfriend, and you start off by chatting the days and nights away, and then after a while it sort of trickles down, and eventually you wake up in the morning, you go, mm, hi, hope you've got a good day. And then off you go, and you don't speak to each other at all for the rest of the day. <laughs> Nothing. Maybe if you're lucky by tonight, you go like, oh, yeah, like a slop, which means good night. And then tomorrow we do it again. Oh, good morning. Oh, good night. How long is that relationship going to be healthy? How many of us will reach 45 years of marriage? Not a lot. Not if that's all we do. 
relationships is built on communication. So if we want our relationship with God to be good, God put some effort into that communication. If we want to know God's plan for us, got to talk to God. Thing that I want to be very clear about is the devil knows exactly how much power lies in our prayers. He knows that prayer is the Christian's superpower. We can all put on a cape, little red one with a C on, Christian. The devil trembles in his boots at the thought of a praying mother, a praying father, a praying church, and a praying nation. So what does he do? He convinces us that it's not that important. He puts the idea out there that God is patient, which he is to a point. Old Testament is full of to a point. God is patient. He will not wait forever. He will wait, not forever. So remember your communication. The devil makes us focus on all our other priorities so that we don't have time for prayer. He does everything to keep us busy, to remove the thought of prayer from our lives. Because if we're too busy, we don't pray. If we don't pray, we don't have the superpower to fight evil. Prayer is the most loving gift that you can give someone. And prayer is how we invite God into our lives and into our situations. If we are a cell phone, we need to plug into God as our power, our charge, so that we can function and do all the things a cell phone is supposed to do. For us to be able to stand, to fight, to praise, to carry, and everything each other, we have to plug into God to draw the power from him. And the only way we can do that is through prayer. Please join me in reading from scripture to find some guidelines on prayer there. The Apostle Paul had quite a bit to say, and I'd like to start from 1 Thessalonians 5, where he wrote the following. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, he says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. Hmm. That can be a bit difficult because life can sometimes be a bit hard. But Paul is encouraging us here to rejoice in spirit because there's a couple of good things in our lives. We are the hand-picked, chosen children of God whose names he's engraved in his hand, in the palm of his hand. That's where you sit, each and every one of us. The God that created the universe, which is immensely big, knows you personally. He made you personally. He chose you personally. You are forever part of him. And you are a son or daughter of the Most High King. And that is a good reason to rejoice. And then he follows it up with the following. Pray without ceasing. 
he really laid down the gauntlet there. He sort of drew the line in the sand. And um, I want to put that a bit in perspective. If I say to you, breathe without ceasing, kind of gives you the importance of, you know, breathing. Huh? Now, <laughs> if we say breathe without ceasing, ensures the continued existence and growth of our physical bodies, because if you stop, you die. The same goes for prayer. It ensures the continued existence and growth of our spiritual lives. And the same thing happens there. If you stop praying spiritually, you will start dying. It is as simple as that. Paul is trying to tell us here that prayer should not be an afterthought. It should not be a quick little thing that we just pop out before, you know, the day starts and pop out before we, you know, go back to sleep again. Would we be able to survive if we just went <gasps> in the morning and then sort of just went with that one breath and then at nighttime go <sighs> and then, you know, just kind of went for the whole night? If we did that, we would die. And the same thing goes for spiritual life. You cannot just do, good morning, God. Thank you for the sleep. It was good. And then by tonight, good night, God. Yeah, it was, it was a busy day. Yeah, just go with me tonight. Make me sleep well. Um, I mean, we can do that, but that can't be all we do. Paul is telling us that our prayer life is as important as breathing. And Paul was pretty big on prayer, and he understood that it had a purpose. It's not just necessary for keeping us alive. It is what we are called to do to keep us in touch with God. And it is how God partners with us in spirit. It is how we get access to his power, access to his will, and it helps us to fight in the spirit to accomplish here on earth what has already happened in heaven. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's power reigns supreme in heaven. All forces of darkness have been defeated, been kicked out. They've been cut loose, thrown out. There's nothing left. And through prayer, we can access that same power of God. And we can enact his will on earth as it had already happened in heaven. In Ephesians 6, Paul urges us to put on the full armor of God. So would you please join me if I read from this part, from verse 10 onwards. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this world's darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground, and having done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness arrayed, your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, and in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. 
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Most of us know this part of scripture fairly well. It's a favorite passage for people to, you know, have sermons on. You would have probably heard me mention it once or twice. But all too often, this is where the sermon stops. And I want to call your attention to the next part. In verse 18, it carries on and says, Once you've done all of these things, now pray in the Spirit at all times with every kind of prayer and petition. To this end, stay alert with all perseverance in your prayers for all the saints. Here Paul gives us a purpose for that armor. He puts it into context. Why do we need to put on this armor? All dressed up and nowhere to go? No. So that we can fight. And how do we fight? We fight in prayer. We pray. We pray in spirit. We pray at all times with all sorts of prayers. The small little good morning Lord prayers, the small little thank you prayers, the quick little dart prayers, the please be with me prayers, the fervent Lord please help me not to kill these kids today prayers. You know, we pray the small prayers as much as we pray the other ones, but we must spend some good quality time with God in prayer. Good quality time where we carry each other, where we stand in the gap. And this is where Satan wants to stop us. He wants us distracted. He wants us busy. And he wants us tired. Because then we don't pray. And we don't pray, then we don't fight. And when we don't pray, we can't access God's power. And then the forces of darkness start winning. So I challenge you to take a stand. To make that choice. To set an alarm to get up earlier, and to start praying. Pray serious warfare prayers where we fight on our knees for our children, fight for our spouses, we fight for our marriages, we fight for our town, we fight for our country, we fight for this beautiful earth and everything on it that God made. And we pray every kind of prayer. Paul urges us to stay alert, to keep our spiritual eyes open, and to be on the lookout for the schemes of the devil. He urges us to be watchful for deception, to notice when things start going wrong in our physical world that actually have a spiritual root of rot, to stay alert for that. Generally, The devil, even though it's Huntley, he doesn't walk up to us and go like, yo, want to fight? Is this us? He doesn't do that. He doesn't walk to you and say, oh, come at me, bro. Mm -mm." He knows we're too clever for that. He knows that when we see him in the open confrontation, we won't fall for his tricks. We know that. We know him. We will walk all over him with the power of Christ in us. But if the devil comes with schemes, when he doesn't declare open warfare, when he works covertly, he keeps us busy in the physical so that we forget to spend time in the spiritual. He figures out little ways to bring irritation into our lives. 
to bring irritation into our spouse's life. And then he sits back. Mm. And very soon he sees the irritation is building and he maybe pushes a little thing here and there and he waits and he laughs because it's just one little comment away from rubbing us the wrong way. One teensy, weensy, tiny little push and boom, it's on. Get home and hubby asks, when's dinner going to be ready? When is dinner going to be ready? You really asked me about dinner after we both just got home 15 minutes ago? Huh. If you really want to know when dinner's going to be ready, it'll be ready when I say so. Hmm. You don't like that? Well, there's wet pigs. You know, and there we go. So, this is where we need to stay alert. We need to persevere. We are at war every day of every minute of every hour. He's trying to push our buttons every day of every minute of every hour. The devil will not rest. He is sowing havoc as far and as fast as he can. And it is our job to be on the lookout. So be on the watch for those schemes. Persevere in your alertness and then pray. Pray all sorts of prayers. So when stuff in our life seems to be going wrong, stop trying to fight a spiritual battle in the physical world. When I know that generally I'm not an irritated person, generally Daniel's not an irritated person, but suddenly something's going on, I shouldn't fight with him. I should fight on my knees. When your teenagers are suddenly doing things that you go like, what the, where did that come from? Like, I didn't teach them that. Don't fight with them. You can talk to them, but fight on your knees. Stop fighting your physical problems in the physical world. Fight them in the spiritual. Uh, my next piece that I'd like to read is from James 5, verse 13 to 16. The Apostle James speaks here about reasons and seasons for prayer. The prayer of faith. Verse 13, he says, Is any one of you suffering? Then he should pray. Is anyone cheerful? Then he should sing praises. And if you are sick, you should call the elders of the church to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And pray, and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man or woman has great power to prevail. Now, firstly, he talks about people that are suffering. If you're suffering, pray, access the power of God, invite him into your circumstance and fight the root problem. If you're suffering, be it physical, emotional, financial, it doesn't matter. James says we should pray. Next, he moves on to the people that are not suffering. So the people that are cheerful. Woohoo! 
the seasons in our lives when everything seems to be going well. He says then to sing praises to God, to pray prayers of praise to God. Thank him for his goodness, his mercy, his provision, because everything that's good that we have comes from him. So when you suffer, you pray. When it's going well, you praise and you pray. And then James says, if you are sick, you should get the elders of the church to pray for you. Now, on the sick part, this is an interesting one. This is where the translation from Greek to English sort of lets us down a little bit. The original word for sick is asthenes. Now, asthenes has a wider application than just, <coughs> I'm sick. Asthenes means the following. <sighs> I am so over this. I am so sick and tired of dealing with this situation. I am sick and tired of fighting this battle. I am so sick and tired of feeling like whatever is wrong is never going to end. I am over it. Asthenes does not only refer to physical illness, it refers to an emotional and spiritual depletion of energy. When we are overwhelmed, when our energy and strength has left us and there's nothing left, when we are too tired to even pray ourselves. And that is where he says, Go to your elders. Get them to pray for you. When you can't do it yourself, get someone else to stand in. So in a nutshell, if you're suffering, you need to pray. If you're in a season of rejoicing, you need to pray and praise. Sing praises to God because those praises, those songs, those happiness joyful notes, reaches both God's ears as well as the people around you who is sick and tired, and it lifts them up too. And in the end, when you are neither, you know, rejoicing, neither sad, you're just really tired and over it, get someone else to come and pray with you and pray for you. In just a few verses, we've seen the importance of prayer. It plugs us into the power source of God. It is as important for our spiritual well-being as breathing is for our physical one. Then we are reminded who the real enemy are. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the schemes of the powers of darkness. We are urged to be vigilant to be wide awake with our spiritual eyes wide open. We're urged to look out for the schemes, and the moment you spot them, the moment you think you spot them, start praying. Put on your armor. Start fighting in the heavenly places. Don't fight in the physical, the symptoms of something that's actually in the spiritual. Lastly, James reiterates the importance of prayer. Paul says, pray like you breathe. James says, pray and praise. If you are well, if you're unwell, pray. 
pray, pray, pray. If you're sick and tired, get others to pray for you. No matter what we're going through, the good, the bad, the ugly, we never forget to breathe. In prayer, whether it's the good, the bad, or the ugly, never forget to pray. In prayer, the good becomes better because our joy is multiplied in God. The bad becomes slightly less bad because the peace of God becomes ours. And the sick and the tired are raised up by God and restored through the faithful prayers of the saints. Lastly, no matter what you're facing, don't forget to breathe. I mean, sorry, don't forget to pray. Actually, don't forget either. <laughs> and with that being said, please join me in prayer. Father God, thank you once again for bringing us all together. Father, thank you for bringing this message. Father, let it sink into us. Let it permeate us. Let it awaken us so that it our spiritual eyes will be wide open, that we will watch out for those schemes, that we will see them coming a mile away. Father, help us stand. Help us fight. Help us praise. Help us rejoice. Father God, please help us to make prayer a priority. We know that you are love. We know that you are grace. We know that you are patient. But we also know that you are a God that demands our unwavering love. You do not want us to have any idols, and anything that stands between us and you is our idol. Father, you want us to be fervent in our pursuit of you, that we shall do everything and anything to spend time with you. Father, reawaken in us that first love for you. Bless us with your presence and keep us safe. Father, I ask that you go with every single person here. Keep them and bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Board.